Welcome to Talking Club. I'm Karen. And I'm Emily. And we are very excited to talk today uh, because it's been a couple of weeks. Not for you listening because we have not missed a week, but uh, we have because I was out of town and now I'm back. Where did you go, Karen? Paris. <laughs> and when did you get back? Um, about 16 hours ago? No, sorry. I can't do math. 26 hours ago? I don't know. <laughs> Yesterday. That's great. Did you have a good time? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I did. <laughs> uh, I did. I had a great time. My mom and I went together. She had never been to Paris. I've been there a couple of times, um, which sounds super snooty of me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, it was amazing. Um, my, the thing I was most looking forward to about going was seeing the look on her face when she got to see the Eiffel Tower for the first time. And that was 100% worth the whole cost of the trip. So that's great. It was really cool. I'm glad you two had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. My mom's pretty awesome. Yeah. So while you were out in Europe... Did you happen to see the new craze of sending anonymous questions to people on Instagram? Um, I did not because other than posting pictures of my trip on Instagram, I stayed off of social media. I didn't actually look at what anybody else was doing. I just said, here's some pictures. Have awesome. fun. Um, but what you're describing sounds like a terrible idea. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so I personally didn't do it, but I saw a lot of people that did. And I read a lot of the questions, but from my understanding, there's an app that you download and you share, like you're given some sort of link and the people can click on that link and send you questions anonymously via Instagram, I believe. So like I would download the app, I would create my own link and then I'd share it and then people could ask me anonymous questions. Yes, I think so. Why would anybody do that? I don't know. The internet is mean enough already. <laughs> I know. And so for my, what I read, the questions that people were asking seemed like pretty normal questions. And it was probably one of those things where it was just like, oh, it's not that they wouldn't have asked it to the, to the person, you know, to their face or with their name attached to it. It's just that they were just playing along. Okay. But but from from what I've heard from other people that people did ask some pretty inappropriate questions. Pretty, I am shocked. <laughs> I know who could the, have seen that coming. Right. The point of it did is still lost on me. But you know, it it was interesting to read. <laughs> <laughs> but the point of it being anonymous, I mean, unless you want to ask something that you is inappropriate or me or, you know, mean or something like that, then yes, of course. But yeah, it I really mean, opened it. <laughs> honestly, I could see where sometimes people have a, a legitimate, sincere question mm -hmm. that they would want to ask, but maybe they're afraid of being attacked for asking the question. Like, Oh, that's a done, not, not by the person they're asking, but by other people. Sure. So I could kind of see that. Um, but yeah, this just sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> it's just a door that was opened that maybe it led like to some... like a Pandora's some... box that was opened. Right. A, a, 
Yeah, exactly. A Pandora's box, unintended, maybe negative consequences resulted from it. I think it's probably over by now. I think <laughs> I don't think I've seen any more. It must of be because I was on social media today and I have no idea. I have not seen any of this. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that came up a lot that I saw, and I was thinking we could talk about this today, is how to make friendships as an as an adult which I think is a great question and a legitimate one Mm -hmm. and something that I think a lot of people struggle with as an adult. So you cool with talking about that? Yeah, let's do. Okay. So one thing that I think is important to talk about or consider when wondering about how do you make friendships as adults is to Go back to childhood and think about, well, why was it so easy to make friends as kids, right? So if you, you if you kind of understand why it was easy to make friends as kids or supposedly make friends <laughs> as kids, uh, maybe if you have a clearer understanding of that, you can take that knowledge with you into adulthood and use it for your benefit, right? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's go down that rabbit hole, shall we, for a little bit? Sure. <laughs> okay. So- Let's think about what it what life is like for a child. So, and I'm speaking in very general terms. I know that there are going to be exceptions to everything, but generally speaking, as a child or a teenager, what is your main purpose focus in life? School. Going to school. Yeah, you go to school. And generally speaking, you go to school with people that are around your same age, especially once you get into like junior high and high school. They're either a little bit younger than you or a little bit older than you. And generally speaking, you all live relatively nearby, right? Right. And so, of course, there are exceptions for you. You skipped a grade, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you were still in school with people your same age. So, yes, I skipped a grade. So I was a year younger than my classmates. And also... Uh, from fifth grade on, well, from fifth grade through eighth grade, I was in the gate program, which they didn't have full time at the school that was in my neighborhood. So Uh I had to get on a bus and go downtown to a different school with a couple of other kids from my neighborhood, but not kids Uh that I ever saw outside of school. So the kids that I grew up living near didn't go to, they weren't in my classes. They didn't go to school with me. So my, my situation is a little bit different, but right. Right. And, and as I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, this doesn't really apply to Karen, but I would (laughs) wager to say that it applies to a lot of people. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's the typical experience. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mine has to be the exception always. Okay. Okay. So, (laughs) so think about that. Like as kids, we are required to go to school and we are surrounded by people in our same stage of life and there are opportunities to socialize with kids at school so sometimes forced opportunities yes force yeah and i'm like i'm trying not to be like insensitive to people that struggled in school because i know there are people that struggled in school and didn't have close friends and again i just i just want to stress that i'm talking very general you know, I, I struggled in school. I was certainly not popular. And 
you know, and I, and so, but I, but I think that school was, was an easy way to meet and socialize with people our own age and people in our similar circumstances. And it was very, you know, and it was, it was helpful that we had to be in school and, and that while in the act of learning and going to school, we also met people and had opportunities to socialize. Yeah. And then once you hit adulthood and get, you know, get, start working, settle into a routine. You, yeah. Yeah. So once you get into adulthood, we all go in different directions, right? So we have some people that work full time, either outside of the home or in the home and our coworkers don't necessarily live by us. We're not necessarily the same age. And usually when you're at work, when you're done with work, you just kind of want to be, you want to go like everyone kind of goes their separate ways. And so there's not really that built-in opportunity to get to know people at work. Um, you know, and if you're a stay-at-home parent, I know usually that's moms, but I do know stay-at-home dads. It's you're with your children most of the time. And it's not like you can have a girls' night out with your kids. You know, I mean that you're just you're with young children. And so you don't have that opportunity to really interact with an adult or someone your own age or someone your own level. And so it, it becomes, I think it boils down to effort. Mm -hmm. And when we're younger, those opportunities to socialize and to have fun just kind of fall into our lap. And then once we reach adulthood, that's gone. It's gone. I think that's absolutely true, but I think that one of the things that also is different for kids than it is for adults is that kids are generally, again, we're speaking very generally here, kids tend to be less, um, um, inhibited. Yeah, that's a good, that's a much nicer word than what I was going to (laughs) say. Um, I was going to say judgy or, um, exclusive or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like kids are just more open. They're like, Hey, you're nearby and you've got a ball. Let's play, you know? And as adults, we're just like, "Mm, you kind of wear weird clothes. I don't know if I want to be around you, you know? True. I I try not to be like that, but I, I think your word is actually a really good word for it. They're less inhibited. Um, they're willing to just play with pretty much anybody. Obviously mm-hmm. there are exceptions to that. And there are kids that are just like, um, he smells funny. I don't want to play with him. But in general, as long as everyone's kind of playing the same thing and willing to all go along with the same rules, then they're going to, they're going to hang out. And once you hang out with someone, it's like, okay, we're friends now. I mean, that's what we do even to babies, you know, like, <laughs> oh, your friend is here. It's like, they don't even know their own name yet. And they're, we're calling their little baby pals, their friends, you know? Yeah, that's true. We put that on kids. And we don't, as adults, we're a lot more, and I think usually it's less about judging others and more about protecting ourselves. Like we're, we're a lot more afraid to put ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. And it's so silly. Um, it will sound silly, but you know, like even now as a mid forties, you know, adult woman working professional, um, 
like when I'm in situations with people and it's something where, I mean, you can tell when people are going to be open to you coming up and striking up a conversation when they're probably not going to be. And when I can see that someone's going to be open to me talking to them, like if I'm at an event for, you know, for work or whatever, I'll just like walk up and say, hey, hi, I'm Karen. I don't know you, but we're just going to be friends tonight, you know? Mm -hmm. And it sounds silly, but it's exactly the same thing that kids do. And it tends to work for me. I've never had anyone be like, you're a weirdo, go away. You know, <laughs> like people are just like, cool. Because we all have the same, you know, fears and, and discomfort, you know. And so sometimes it just takes one person to just be willing to just say, you know, like, hey, I'm going to put myself out there. Right. So do you have like a feeling? That's kind of a silly way of putting it. But like, do you have like a, a feeling about, oh, I think I could get to know that person or that person might be open. Like when you say like you see someone and you're like, oh, I don't think they'll think I'm weird. Like, what are you basing that off of? Honestly, it's observation. It's not, it's not a feeling. It's just looking and like, you can kind of tell like, okay, so I go to parties sometimes for, um, for the entertainment side of, of my life and, or film festivals and that kind of thing. And when you can see someone that's just kind of like, off by themselves or like a couple of people talking that don't really seem to know each other that well or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just tend to assume that they're going to have some of the same, like that they're on the same level of like being a little bit uncomfortable as I am. And so then I'll just walk up and just start a conversation. Okay. And, um, and there are times where I literally will say, we're just going to be friends tonight. And people are like, oh, thank you. You know, like, but it's, it's not, it's not a feeling. It really is just observing and looking around, like looking for who else is left out, looking for who else is kind of off to themselves. And I don't just do that at entertainment events. You know, I do that sometimes at church or, um, well, I guess those are pretty much the only places I go where people might not know each other. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that's the other part of, of what makes it difficult as adults is that we just don't put ourselves into situations where we don't know a lot of people, where there's there's strangers and there's the opportunities to meet new people that we could make our friends. Okay, so I guess the million dollar question is, how did you get to the point where you felt comfortable walking up to a complete stranger and telling them you were going to be friends with them for the day? Uh, well, the million dollar answer is I've still never gotten comfortable with that. I just, at some point you just have to say, oh, well, I'm just going to do this. And you just, it, it really, it's such a cliche, but fake it till you make it 100%. Like there are just so many times in my life where I've had to just do that, where I just mm -hmm. pretend like I feel super confident. And then people just respond to that. Nobody questions if you act confident. They just believe it. That's true. And so I think that's I think that's probably part of why it works because if someone's feeling uncomfortable or they're feeling awkward and then someone very confident just walks up and says, "Hey, I'm going to be friends with you tonight." Then they're just going to say, "Okay, cool," cuz they're just happy to, you know, have someone pay attention to them or or to, you know, acknowledge them. And after like usually after that, I'll tell them straight up, like, I don't know anybody here either. This feels super weird, you know? Yeah. 
But, but yeah. And I've never been in a situation, that, uh, at least not that I can think of, where I've done that and have been just like laughed at or rejected, you know? Right. Well, and that's where your observation guilt skills come in. Yeah. Yeah, for Be- sure. Yeah. So then I guess really the bottom line then is if you want to make new friends, if you want to have close relationships with people and you're struggling to find that in your life, you just have to be willing to be a little bit uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in order to make, you know, and you have to just embrace and acknowledge the fact that it will probably be uncomfortable initially, but not for very long. No, you know, you get over that initial like awkwardness and then it's like, okay, cool. Now we're friends, you know, and because Mm -hmm. we just decided that we're friends and that's the thing. Friendship is a decision. It's not a process. It's just, you know, it's, it's not like falling in love. (laughs) You can just, (laughs) you know, you can just be friends with someone or not be friends with them. It's, it's, it's a decision that we can just make. And I think really what I honestly, I think when people ask this question of how do you make friends as adults, I think what they're really asking is two separate things. How do you meet people to be friends with? And then how do you actually make that friendship happen? Okay. And yeah. so I think I've answered the how do you make it happen? I think as far as how do you actually meet potential friends in the first place? Uh, if it's not from work, and those are kind of your circle at work tends to be just kind of built in. So it's like occasionally there might be new people, but a lot of times there's, depending on the job that you have or the career that you have, there's probably not a lot of turnover where you'd have opportunities to meet lots of new people. Um there's also church, uh, if, if people are members of specific congregations, you can meet people that way. But also I think there's just a lot of other things that we can do, like signing up for a class, mm-hmm. you know, I, if I want to learn, you know, I, my friends and I have been trying to get into a good habit of golfing. And so I've been thinking about signing up for a class and just learning better, you know, learning some golf skills there might be some new people in that class that I could go golfing with or, you know, looking for a reading group at, you know, the library or, um, I think meetup is still a thing. I haven't been on there in a long time, but there, there's all kinds of different, you know, types of events and, and things that people can sign up for based on their interests. Mm -hmm. Um, looking at community pages, going on groups, I don't necessarily advocate Facebook anymore, but, (laughs) um, but, you know, looking at local Facebook communities and looking to see, you know, is there a gardening society in your town or, you know, whatever it is that you're interested in, there are ways to find groups that are meeting to do that. And that is how you can meet new people and make new friends. Yep. And also, you know, I think we've gotten into bad habits of saying, oh, we should go out to lunch one time, you know, and it reminds not following through. Yeah. Right, exactly. So I have a good friend, her name is Mandy, and we uh, volunteered together through PTA uh, for the last two years. And I've known her for a while. And whenever we saw each other in passing, it was like, oh, let's, let's grab lunch. And we never did. And then one day we were I think wrapping up a meeting and I said, okay, we need to go out to dinner. And she was like, get your phone out and let's plan it right now. And, 
and it was kind of funny because I ended up having to cancel and reschedule. So we still haven't got up, <laughs> but, but we did have something on the calendar. And so that let's do this is basically just fluff. Like it doesn't mean anything. It's like, if you want to do something with someone, even if it's someone, you know, pretty well, don't just say, let's go to lunch. Sometimes it's like, do you have time to go to lunch on this day? You know, mm-hmm. and, and come, come to the table with maybe a little bit of a plan. Like it, it just goes back to just being intentional and putting in some effort about it because it's just not going to fall into your lap anymore. Yeah. And maybe it never did. I, I could be completely wrong about that. I mean, I have memories of being in junior high. Like when I went to junior high, the majority of the kids I went to elementary school went to a different school. So I was pretty much starting from ground zero with friends when I got to junior high. And I, and I do, I have a very specific memory of seeing a group of girls at lunchtime. And I just walked up to them and I said, can I hang out with you guys? (laughs) And luckily they were nice and let me, but I mean, I, I don't know what part of my personality possessed me to do that, but I think if you are, I don't, I don't really want to use the word desperate, but I can't think of a better one right now. But if you are desperate enough for connections, or if that is important enough to you, you will probably be willing to kind of just let your guard down and maybe feel a little sheepish and just basically say, Hey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need someone. Will you be my someone right now? (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I hesitate to tell the story because I think whenever, like, I always feel weird telling stories about like, oh, look how good I am, you know, because then that's because that's not what I'm saying at all. Please understand all, that. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> we all know, Karen, that you're really not that good of a person. So Thank don't you. worry about Thank it. Thank you. That's, that's good. <laughs> remember Thank how you. I'm the friendly one? <laughs> <laughs> that's not how I remember that story. <laughs> but uh, my first first day of PE in ninth grade, there was this girl um, I think it was PE. Anyway, there was this girl, she was standing by herself. I walked over and started talking to her and she was new to the school. She had just, her family had just moved to town. Um, so she hadn't gone to any of the local junior highs or anything. So she didn't know anybody. And so we just started talking and she was cool. And then we were acquaintances through high school, but we never really became friends. She very quickly, um, founded a, a group of friends and there wasn't any sort of like animosity or anything. We just ran in different circles mm-hmm. and, um, I hadn't really ever thought anything of it. And then senior year, she wrote in my yearbook, thank you so much for talking to me on the first day of school. That really meant a lot. Thank you for welcoming me. And it was just like, wow, I didn't realize, like, it wasn't until I read that message that I realized what an impact that had had. Um, and she might've been overstating how much of an impact that it had to, I don't know, but it was just the fact that, that even though we weren't friends over those next four years, um, that it was something that she thought to mention, you know, Mm -hmm. at a time when we were probably never going to see each other again. And I haven't seen her ever since, but it just was like, it, I think that really taught me the value of looking for people. Like, and that's why it's easier for me, I guess. It's not, it's still not comfortable, but I think that's why it's easier for me to walk up and, and talk to somebody who's standing by themselves is because I had that experience where someone actually told me later on how much that meant to them. 
Right. And so ever since then, I've tried to, I've tried to do that for other people as much as for myself. And right. not, not for the good feeling, but for the like, I'm lonely, you're lonely, <laughs> let's be lonely together. You know? Right, exactly. And I, I think that's such a great point is that if you are willing to kind of put yourself out there, even if it is a little bit uncomfortable, this benefits you just as much as it benefits the other person. And yeah. if you go out and, you know, spend, you know, a couple hours together with that person or whatever, and it doesn't go well, I mean, then at least you tried and you, mm -hmm. and it will be easier the next time. And yeah, yeah. I just, um, kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, like, where do you meet people? Uh, one thing too, for any parents that might be listening with, you know, school age children get involved at your child's school. I have spent the last three years on um, the PTA board at my kid's school. And it was a great way to meet people that I otherwise probably wouldn't have gotten to know. And it's a great way to know what's going on in at the school. It's a great way to get to know the educators at the school, the administration at the school. There's just so many benefits to it. And I know a lot of people just roll their eyes at, you know, PTA and stuff like that. But it's that is a way to get to know people and to meet other parents in your in a similar stage of life as you. And if you all have kids at the school, that means you might all have like some kid free hours at the same time of the day, you know, and um, yeah, find some volunteer activities or opportunities. It's it's amazing who you can meet in those circumstances. And again, it's it's a willingness to sacrifice maybe a little bit of your time, a little bit of your comfort, but it's just, it, I, I, I don't like blanket statements very much, but I just don't think it will happen any other way unless you're willing to put in a little bit of effort initially. Yeah. And then from there it can, it can flourish. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Absolutely. So, so another thing that I think would be interesting to talk about is how do you maintain friendships? as adults, once you have made friends, what do you uh, think? I mean, I think that takes effort too. I think yeah. that comes back to if, you know, like I have a core group of friends that I tend to spend a lot of time with. Um, but even with that, we have to say like, Hey, okay, what's everyone doing this week? Can we all go to dinner or, you know, how's the weather going to be on Saturday? Can we get in a game of golf? Uh -huh. uh, which is why we haven't gone in a few months. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it always takes intention. You know, I have a friend who I used to see frequently and by frequently, I mean sometimes some weeks almost on a daily basis and, you know, circumstances have changed and, um, COVID happened and like lots of things just happened. And so we don't see each other as much anymore. And like, I was talking to her on the phone today, we were just catching up and I was just like, we need to get together in person. What are you doing this week? What does your week look like? Just going back to what you were saying. It's mm -hmm. like, let's pull out our calendars. Let's figure this out. Let's set a date right now for as soon as possible. Then you've got it on the books. It's it, you, we can't do this like yeah. Let, we need to catch up sometime. If you don't <laughs> set a time, then that's never gonna happen. No, it won't. And another thing that you touched on is, um, you know, once you have friends and you know maintaining them, I think 
being willing to acknowledge that your, your good friends are sometimes going to be going through things. You know, we all kind of have different seasons of life. And I think sometimes when we think of seasons of life, we think about, oh, the season when I have young children or the season when I'm in school, but really honestly, a season in life could be as simple as just a few months where a friend of yours might not be as available to you as, as other times. And I think recognizing that that's normal and okay, and not something that is a personal attack against you is very helpful in maintaining your friendships. I've lost yeah. friends because I have not been able to give what I gave before to them. And we, we lost touch. And one of the things that I absolutely love about our friendship, Karen, is that we can go, you know, we, a long time without talking to each other. And when we do talk to each other, it's like we just talked to each other five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not texting you all the time, or obviously we live in different states, so we can't get together very often, but there's no animosity. There's no anger. There's just like, Hey, we're both adults. We both have crazy lives and I'm cool with that. And I'm just going to take advantage of the time that I have with you instead of complaining about maybe how often I haven't talked to you or, or you know what I mean? And I, I think that's such a sign of just a wonderful, healthy friendship when you can just, you get together however often or little it is. And it's as if no time has passed. Mm -hmm. And that is, that I think is a wonderful way for me to describe my friendship with you. Aww, and it's perfect. You. Well, not, well, no, I mean, it would be perfect <laughs> if you lived in Utah, but I don't blame you for not living uh, no, in Utah. <laughs> it would be perfect if you lived in California. I know it probably would be perfect if I lived in California. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then we could just complain about the gas prices together. Yeah. It'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I just, I, I agree with what you said. And I, and I think that, and maybe this is getting into other topics. Maybe this is something for another day, or maybe this isn't even true. I'm not sure. But I think one of the reasons that our friendship is as strong as it is and, and a couple of other very close friendships that I have that can do that where we can go for a while without talking and, and, it, and once we get together, like we'll just not stop talking, you know, for hours <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I think a big part of the reason for that is that we just genuinely enjoy each other, but we don't, and we we're both willing to give anything, but we don't necessarily, we're not friends because we need anything from each other. Yes. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. Like we're just friends because, because we just want to be. Yeah. You just like each other's company. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's so true too. And people um, show that you are important to them in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another thing that is so important to acknowledge once you have good friends is that sometimes people can't give you their time, but, um, just a few examples that I've thought of, like, I have a few friends that have started their own businesses. One of which started her own nail business. Guess who's starting to get her nails done for the first time ever. That's me because wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it helps when you stop biting your nails. Um, 
<laughs> but she started her own business and I wanted to support her. And so I'm like, okay, this is super uncomfortable for me. Cause I've been a long time nail biter. I don't, I don't feel bad about that because I play the violin, but still <laughs> anything involving a manicure has always been out of my comfort zone. And so when she started this, I thought, okay, I'm just going to go. And guess what? I get two hours of time to talk with her. And um, some of my other friends, their kids have done service projects and it's like, okay, I might not have time to, you know, go out to dinner with you, but I do have time to donate to your child's service project. And that's a way that somebody can show, Hey, you're important to me. Maybe not sit down and have dinner every month. And, you know, like I might not express it that way, but I'm expressing it in other ways. Um, another thing that I remember doing, and it was just, I heard a song that uh, some friends and I used to listen to in high school. And it was like the first time I had heard it in for a long time. So I just like took a screenshot of it really fast. And I texted it to him and I said, Hey, do you remember this song? And we just kind of had like a, like, it was just a fun, um, just a fun memory that, that took us back to high school or junior high. And then that, that was it. And I think that there's just very small and simple ways that you can acknowledge a person's value to you without a girl's night out or a trip or even being together. But there's just simple things like, Hey, I'm thinking about you. How are you doing? And when I have those thoughts come into my mind, I try to follow through with them because sometimes I can't always give my time, but I can let people know I'm thinking about you, or here's a funny memory that reminds me of you, or yes, I will buy a fundraiser card from your child. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and so I think a lot of times with maintaining friendships, it's just being willing to accept that there are different ways that people show you that they care about you and appreciating any effort and also being willing to follow through on any thoughts and impressions you might have. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, it's been great talking with you today, Emily. It's been great talking with you. I'm glad you made it safely back from Paris. I am too, although I kind of wish this conversation was happening in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> One day. One day. One day. One day, yes. We'll take cool. the show on the road. Yep. <laughs> well, why don't you uh, let people know where they can find us on the internet if they would like to friend us online? <laughs> okay. So our podcast is on Instagram and Twitter at talking club pod. They can also follow along with you at Karen M Peterson. And I usually link both of our accounts, um, whenever I post anything. So, uh, follow us online. Thank you so much for listening. It was so great to talk with you, Karen, and I'm excited to talk with you again soon. Yeah. We'll catch you later. See ya.